Dress up in turtleneck. Turtleneck. It's the Givecast! The Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, and Stephen B. Denley. Market data by Brisbane Brisbane Mike and Fratastic Pete. Tech support by the Lowmark. Let's go, space freaks. Sky and Steve discuss the Emperor's Royal Guard, ERG, with old angel eyes himself, Matthias Rendall. We explain blueprints, reference photos, brown capes, first shots, and POTF mock-ups. Unloved umbrellas and unseen jumpsuits. Plus, we debut the brand new Space Freak of the Week feature by interviewing Dallas Ewan and Mark Sanders. Plus, the most exciting and hockey-themed market watch game ever. Wampa Wampa. Welcome to Kivecast number 81. Yeah, this is a, a very peculiar uh, episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is uh, currently 7 o'clock in the morning for uh, Stephen B. Danley's. And uh, I, I, it's, uh, we've never rec- have we ever recorded the show in the morning, Steve? I think the only time was when we were trying to, to get in on the farthest from with, with Dave. Oh, but that was right. That was the Skype <laughs> but, massacre. That did not yeah. work out. <laughs> it didn't. It did not. But uh, no, it's it's funny. Like the lighting is exactly the same as it would be <laughs> otherwise. It looks. I feel like right. it's just like a bizarre, bizarro world right now. But it's it's good. So well, it's it's really funny for me because you know I was I decided you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have my morning coffee in my emperor cup. You know. <laughs> So I always get my coffee for free. I go to the Y and I exercise and I bring two coffee cups with me and I fill them up as I leave because I'm a cheap bastard. And uh, and so I poured the coffee into the Emperor Cup. Steve, uh, who's the smartest person you know? Not me. Uh, it cracked the cup. But, no. Uh, I no. managed to take a picture of it before it cracked with my little uh, organic Pop-Tart that I eat. Um, of course, organic Pop-Tarts are good for you. And... Uh, <laughs> But I've been really productive, Steve. I actually just finished editing the last blog log pod. Awesome. All right. And uh, I, if I were not recording this with you right now, I would be putting that up on the feed. Um, <laughs> so I've, I actually, it's already on the feed. And so that's really fun. Um, kind Sweet. of a, a weird, funny episode, 45 minutes, like going back to the old days. Yeah. And speaking of going back to the old days, Steve, okay, the first person we ever interviewed for this show was you. Do you know <laughs> the second person we interviewed for this show? It was Matthias, right? Yeah, that's right. It was Matthias yeah. when we did our vintage world tour, which we right. basi- basically abandoned. <laughs> yeah, didn't get too far, but <laughs> no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was the first, the first stop, right? He was, and yeah. uh, and there's actually still half of an interview with him somewhere on oh. my computer because <laughs> because I thought it was going too long back when I cared about those things, which I now care about again. We, yeah, it's come full circle. It's come full circle. Oh, oh, and uh, so, yeah, we're going to be talking to him this month and next month. But, Steve, I like this up-tempo, high-energy, full-court <laughs> press uh, way of recording. Yes, um, yes. We're on, we're on the clock here. We, we are on the clock. And it's, I think it's, it's going to lead to some good results. Like I don't need to talk about college basketball, the fact that you know my family lives in West Virginia, so I'm in favor of them, which is and they do the full-court press and all that. Steve, we're not going to talk about it. All right, all right. We're just going to get straight to the intro to the show, which is this, okay. Steve. What's our figure of the month? The Emperor's Royal Guard. Yes, the ERG. Right. Uh, and I don't know. What's, what's your feeling, Steve? 
I think this is one of those times where, you know, a lot of vintage characters kind of get hyped up as being super cool because they're bad guys. This is one of the ones where I actually kind of subscribe to it. I don't know yeah. if you feel that way. Well, it's changed over the years, but definitely growing up, I thought they were some of the coolest characters. I like yeah. playing with them the most. I think right. they they sort of deliver on the less you know, the cooler they are promise. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And they really are kind of evil. There's something about that red, <laughs> and there's something about the fact that they do nothing. Um, yes, yeah. I, I, you know, I would say I don't have much of a of a movie thought except yeah. that they they were just, they, they somehow whatever it is that Lucas knows how to do. And you know, people make fun of Lucas a lot, but showing the Emperor and then introducing new bad guys that do nothing. But just mm -hmm. stand there. Somehow you understand intrinsically that they are elite. You understand that they are the best of the best. Right. Um, yeah. And they just stand there. And uh, yeah, I, I, I will say that uh, Robot Chicken has greatly influenced my love of the Emperor's Royal Guard. <laughs> um, you know, my, my son's memorized all of the Emperor's lines from Robot Chicken. Oh my god. And there's the one where he yeah. sits down in the in the chair and yeah. there's the vent above him. He goes, Hey Crayola, why don't you come over here with your staff of Ra and fix it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh I just uh, I love calling him Crayola. Oh, but, that's great. I don't have to revisit those. It's been forever. Oh, if you have yeah. not watched every single robot chicken with the Emperor twenty times, <laughs> you are robbing yourself of excellent Star Wars content. <laughs> Welcome, my master. The Death Star construction Yeah, great, fine, whatever. That flight was a f***ing nightmare, man. My stupid tray table broke and I ended up with a gallon of coffee in my crotch. It's like dunking my wang in hot lava. Something you have some experience with, I guess, huh? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that yours? No, for the hundredth time, that's that same stupid black bag. Mine doesn't have a stripe. It's like that stripey bag is mocking me. F*** you, stripey bag. Well, my suitcase is gone. Sacrifice to the airport guards. Now I'm here for two f***ing weeks with one f***ing robe. All right, now it's sticking to me like a wet Kleenex. Yeah, I guess I'll just be killing myself then. Good chair, good chair. Nice lumbar support. Great view of utter blackness. Oh, fuck, I'm, I'm right under the air conditioning vent. And the chair's bolted to the floor? Who's the brainiac? Hey, Crayola, help me shut this vent. Yeah, reach up there with your staff of Ra and... Want to see me tempt fate? Could this day get any worse? I did it ironically, so I think I'm safe. But Steve, this is not well, how we get back on track. This is this no, is rambling. No. This is enjoyable. Right, this right, is right. nice. We got to yeah. call Smatas really soon. Yes, pretty soon. Yeah. Um, um, so, so what's your? Uh, should we, should we uh, flip a script here? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. It's getting really, really hot here. Flip this script. Flip the script. Okay. So what, oh. what what do you have to say? What is the script? to Return of the Jedi say about the Emperor's Royal Gad? So there isn't much script-wise that I could turn up, but I thought that there was some really neat concept art that, that we could talk about. And okay. I sent you some pictures. Yes. So basically, so the final design of the Royal Guard came from uh, Nilo Rodeshimero, who he was the one that kind of came up with the, the red idea. Okay. Um, but before that, when Ralph McQuarrie was still working on the on the film... He had a lot of neat concepts that were a lot more uh, black and gray and, and like very Vader-like, which I thought was interesting. It was almost like Vader's uh, was kind of Vader was like 
of the same DNA as the as the Royal Guards in terms of his his getup. Right. Um, and then when he came back, so Ralph left Return of the Jedi in like 1982, and he came back. After, Wait, he you know, did. Yeah, yeah. So he left Lucasfilm, you know, in the early going of of Return of the Jedi. So he came back to do the Return of the Jedi portfolio, which he had done for the first two movies where, you know, he took actual production paintings and released them and in these great portfolios. So he did one of those for Jedi. But the thing was, the movie had already been filmed. So this is more of a like, well, I better finish it out. And he would do paintings that kind of looked like production paintings, but they were actually just new you know, based on the movie paintings. And there's this one that has the Death Star hangar and a bunch of Royal Guards in it, which they have the red, but they still look very different than what the final thing looked like. And the weirdest thing I noticed was that I'd never seen, like, noticed this before. I didn't look closely, but the ones that you see in close-up, they're the little slit where in the mask, you actually see their human faces in it, which I thought was totally cool yeah. and different. Yeah, that's true because you don't really know what they are. You, you yeah. can't see through them. There's like some kind of visor thing there. Right, right. You can't. You don't know if they're like cyborg or or, or what. But um, yeah, I just thought that this this iteration of them kind of showing their their human face was very like Wizard of Oz ish almost. I don't know if that makes sense. I didn't know too that the Return of the Jedi uh, portfolio was kind of cooked. <laughs> That's yeah, it, it was. It's it's funny. Like I think he only did maybe a half dozen production paintings for Return of the Jedi, like actual production paintings, and the rest, you know, he he was happy to to do it, but he did it more after the fact. And, and so um, the real guy, I've seen his name before. I'm going to say what I think his name is, and you correct me. I think okay. his name is Neil Giles Rodeo. Um, that's <laughs> how you know when you see a, a name and you just get it in your head a certain way. Y you yes. Get it no. No. So is I, it not exactly. Neil Giles Rodeo? I think I I feel better with that than what, what I was trying to say because I really that was the first time I'd ever tried to say his name out loud, but I had the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Neil Giles Rodeo. <laughs> I like that better. Yeah, De definitely. That's one of the things that gets lost in all of the Macquarie love is. It, it seems like people really want to take credit away from Lucas. You know, like I just credited Lucas with coming up with the Royal Guard, and obviously he had just some basic idea. But then right. people want to give all that credit to Macquarie, but then you lose Joe Johnston and yeah. you, know, you lose Niles Rodeo, Jimo, <laughs> Jerome <laughs> Niles Rodeo. Um. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Yeah, like, I mean, a lot of the stuff that that Macquarie did obviously was based on things that Joe Johnston and 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 Rodeo <laughs> did. No, but what's but... his real name? Jamero. Jamero, I think. Yeah. Jamero. Okay, Neil yeah. Rodeo Jamero. <laughs> 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 well, uh, well cool i do i do have a sky coup um we right, should right. okay listen steve we don't talk about celebration much right no because we, ha I, we haven't no. I, I realized going back that people don't want to listen to things about something that's coming up you know we are an audio magazine right. and i don't yeah. want it to be too much things that aren't interesting in the future yeah. but the archive party is completely sold out Completely sold out. Yeah. That's awesome and amazing. We have a lot of interesting things. Steve, I don't know if you heard about a pie in the sky, but there is going to be a throw a pie at me contest. Wait, what? 
<laughs> yeah, John Peck came up with it. Um, <laughs> okay. So listen, you're listening to the show, and I know you love Steve and hate me. So if that's true, <laughs> give some money and throw a pie in my face, okay? That's why do you think I created this persona of this arrogant jerk face, except to raise money for little puppies? Um, right. Okay. The, the end game is is finally coming to light. Yep. And I, I am going to be uh, uh, presenting on a panel with Steve, the at the movies panel. Yes. Um, and yeah. that should be pretty fun. So I think a lot of people will be listening to this on their way to celebration. So that's why I did want to mention it. Okay. Uh, Steve, when right. is our panel? So the panel is Saturday from three to four. And, and we're also going to be joined by Ron and uh, Todd Chamberlain. So it, sh- it should be it should be fun. I think it'll be quite amazing. You'll see lots of great stuff. This is, you know, Steve really taking the the lead. I'm just riding his coattails. Uh, (laughs) I I really shouldn't be on the panel, to be honest, but I I rode my coattails in on there. And uh, the one funny thing, Steve, is Uh uh, do you remember when they first started the uh, Star Wars podcast uh, stuff at Celebration? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. You remember that because we were on that. We, 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 we did it. We were on the first wave of it, um, yeah. but we somehow were not accepted this month. <laughs> yeah. So there I, will be no live know. podcast, but Steve, we're, we're going to do one on the run, okay? Yeah, we'll do it uh, yeah, gorilla style. Yes. Uh, we'll do it Gamorrean guard style. Um, right. I actually had a funny joke about that, but I forget it, but I'm not going to remember it, Steve, because now it's time for the Sky yep. Coup. Okay. <clears throat> And what I'm really going to try to get at is both the menace and the futility of the Emperor's Royal Guard. Okay. Crayola blood red. Emperor's Royal Guard stands. Useless hate flower. So that's you know, I like the, the hate flower. Man, yeah. Powerful. Right? Isn't that what he is? He's a little hate flower. Yeah, a beautiful little yeah. tulip of hate, you know? Uh, <laughs> tulips can be red, right? We can ask Matthias. He's in Sweden, which is basically Holland. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you, you may hear my brother in the distance. Uh, he's running. So uh, like, He's not still sticking out your window, is he? <laughs> no, he's not. But he's like – so I have this really casual attitude about being a homeowner where I don't care if like I don't have strike plates in my house and I don't care if I don't have <laughs> blinds and all this stuff. And my brother Avis is very helpful and nice, and he's also very, you know, into having a nice house. So he always comes to my house and basically just does a whole bunch of labor while I goof around in the basement recording podcast. <laughs> so, so this is dedicated to Amos, the uh, Luke uh, Jedi collector and art artiste extraordinaire, uh, um, who's always supported the show and is currently supporting my life uh, quite well. Uh, it's good to to have that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the part that I'm doing, Steve, is I'm not having pride, you know. If, right. You're, you're letting all that go. It's, it's just... Right. I'm just letting my brother help me. And it's, it's right. a vulnerable position to let somebody help you, but I, I'm willing to do it. Uh, awesome. Well, I think what we're going to do is basically have two episodes in a row where Matthias is going to just ride shotgun with us the whole time. I think so. Yeah. Well, not shotgun, yeah. but he'll be sitting in the back. Um, <laughs> almost passed out drunk going ah uh, so uh should we should we calm tales yeah i think it's i think it's time okay here we go hi guys it's matthias hey matthias uh, how's it going it's uh sky and steve <laughs> uh so what, what time is it out, out there for you oh it's uh it's uh 10 o'clock in the morning ah fantastic 
I'm just kidding, guys. That was me. That was Matthias. Uh, okay, we're, you're getting you're getting pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> but Steve, before we talk to Matthias, uh, we're also going to add something on at the endish of this episode, which is our new okay. feature, which is super freak. I mean, space freak of the week, like Raphael Shadik. Ah, right. So, right. so we're going to. Because we've put out the call that we want to talk to a lot of different people, but then I never have the follow-through to contact anybody. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to record 10-minute interviews. They're going to be timed, and they're going to be 10 minutes. And if they're done in five, then we're just going to go blah, 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 right? Um, Right. But we're just going to talk to different space freaks, and it's going to be called Space Freak of the Week, like Raphael Shadik. But (laughs) – but – it's not weekly. Like we'll talk to like maybe three in a month or one one month. <laughs> right. or, it's just going to yeah. be for the rhyme that it's going to be Space yes. Freak of the Week, like Raphael right. Shadik. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that's a very obscure Wu-Tang Clan reference, by the way, Steve. But, okay. but you know what's great about getting to be the person who does all the posts for this podcast, Steve? I get to make as many stupid references as I like. Yes, you do. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, so stay tuned to that as well. I don't even know exactly who we're going to talk to because, you know, we're putting our feelers out there. Um, I will go in and edit in the names that of the people we're going to speak to right here. Dallas Ewan, Mark Sanders. And so there you go. All right. Now let's talk to Matthias. Ah, <laughs> you see, the thing about a good impression, Steve, is you gotta, you have to take the thing that is a little bit and just totally exaggerated. <laughs> hey, hey, right. So the exactly. totally exaggerated way, it's just all, ah, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we are, Matthias, uh, unfortunately, we've already spoken to you once on this episode. Um, I, uh, I did my Matthias impersonation with Steve and it was quite amazing. So the audience might not believe it's actually you. So could you please say my name is Matthias Rendall so they hear what the real Matthias sounds like? My name is Matthias Rendall and uh, I can, uh, well, I, I guess it's like almost impossible to hear the difference. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're, it's funny because we're talking to you now because you're a, Emperor's Royal Guard collector, but then Steve realized next month is Chief Sherpa. So, <laughs> oh my God. so we're probably going to do back-to-back Matthias, but that's good because you've, you've often been one of the people uh, in, in the third chair, so to speak. Um, and next month, we will officially declare that we are changing the pronunciation of Chirpa to Sherpa um, <laughs> because <laughs> of Matthias. Right, because you, you get to decide. You are the Matthias master. Um, but What's up with the Royal Guard, Matthias? Are, are you really? Do you really collect the Emperor's Royal Guard? What's your story with him? The, uh, long story short, uh, is like back at Celebration Four. I had already decided to start to collect like pre-production in general, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, Steve York came from nowhere with boxes of stuff, and he had. Uh, a blueprint for uh, for the for the staff, the lands, the the Imperial Guard lands, as it says on it. Wait, so, mm-hmm. wait it, it says Imperial Guard lance. Yeah. Now, are you huh. are we sure that's not just the name of one of the Imperial Guards? His name. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, I'm Imperial Guard Lance. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> who knows? Okay. You don't know. And uh, and I was like, hey, that's cool. I don't have a blueprint. I, I kind of wanted to have one of each uh, step of the process. And so I got it. And then I have this crazy OCD. As soon as I get one piece, I, I start to build like a character run. I hate it uh, <laughs> and love it at the same time. <laughs> Uh, and now, like, what, what is it, like, 10, 11 years later? I, I guess I can call myself a uh, Royal Guard collector as well. Now, let's spend some more time with blueprints, because we spend a little bit of time with blueprints. But what exact, where do blueprints fit in? Because Matthias is, of course, also the person who wrote and illustrated and did everything for A New Proof and the upcoming Chromalin Strikes Back, which we will uh, promote later. Um, where... Does, and of course, a blueprint has nothing to do with two, 2D production, Steve, does it? So I'm a sure uh, But at least, <laughs> at least I'm not going on and on about my new idea about calling the Imperial Guard Lance, um, which I'll get to in a second. So where is a blueprint in the production process? Do you, do you know, uh, Matthias? Well, it, it's it's well, it is what it says. It's it's a blueprint, and it's. It could act like uh, it could have different purposes. Like the early blueprints we've seen has been like for color guidance for the figures uh, to to set the fi for the like twelve back figures, um, but it, it's also for the engineering of the the items that's not sculpted, uh, so the designer can use it uh, as a, a reference for designing. Uh, in this case, the lands. Yes, the staff of Ra. Wow. Well, and <laughs> and it has a lot of writing on it. So, so this would have been designed at Kenner in Cincinnati, or who, who was working on the blueprints? Yeah, the, this was, uh, if I remember correctly, it was a Bizer. Uh, you should call like some of. Uh, I don't know what what he did at Kenner, uh, but he's a well-known name. You can see on uh, different kind of paperwork, uh, um, Chris or Ron or someone should know that. And um, he uh, he has his name on this blueprint. And um, oh, sorry, my dog is here. Get away! Sorry. Wait, no, we love dogs uh, on the show. What's your dog's yeah. name, Matthias? Kalle. It's like Carl, Carl, but in uh, in Swedish. Kalle. Is it is it named after Winona Ryder's character in the best Alien movie, Alien Resurrection? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Or... <laughs> we'll move on. No. <laughs> wow, that Sorry. Steve. There's a long history of awkward silences in our podcast. So that was the <laughs> worst. Okay. All right. So 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 that's it. Go through like like why did we name him Kala? Is the kale? No, it's like yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so that's cool. I mean, we're jumping right in with with some pretty awesome Royal Guard items like Imperial yeah. Guard Lance blueprint. And what I have here in front of me is a picture of Matthias's collection, and he has a lot of different things that we haven't talked about on the show really. And so I thought we could sort of go through some of these things while we're going. So we started with the blueprint, um, which you're saying was designed probably for the paint application and also to, for the no, actual... No, this, uh, well, this wasn't like sculpted since it's like 
uh, it, it doesn't need to be sculpted since it's like this mechan mechanical form. Okay. Uh, Steve probably got better wor wordings for it. So this was like uh, manufactured and not sculpted. So how about how about we move out, out of 3D into 2D to something else that you have on your collection, which is something that I have as well, which is a black and white photograph of Luke and Vader in the elevator of the Emperor's Tower with the Emperor's Royal Guards next to him. It's a black and white photo, and it's kind of scratched out with writing, uh, with like writing across it. What what is this black and white photograph? What was it used, and by whom, and for what reason? Um, that is uh, what we call a reference photo that uh, Lucasfilm sent out to the license companies. Uh, Kenner got these, uh, Peltoy, all kind of like uh, uh, the ones that make color books, trading cards. Uh, so they like reference photos from the movies so, so they could make designs based uh, on the characters, uh, etc. And uh, so they, they shouldn't be able to use it like for for press purposes or uh, something. They scratch, scratched it or they uh, has writings on it crossed over uh, just to so they can use it. This was like before Photoshop time, so right uh, easy way to destroy the usage of a photo. Yeah, you know, I I think this is a pretty good example of a really gray area prototype because it's. Not really a prototype, but it served a function in the creative process, and it, it feels to me like it's one of the great sort of entry point items that one can get that's one of a kind that are not that expensive, and they display better than things like slides, you know, but they're just kind of weird. I mean, I know I, know I have one of Chewbacca and the Endor Bunker. Um, but it's not even framed. It's I mean I didn't put a tack through it, but almost because it just seemed <laughs> it, it just seems so like whatever. Um, but it's actually a really cool a really cool part of it. Um, and what, those showed up what like five years ago, Matthias? What's when did those pop up? The well, reference photos. Here's different. Uh, what you have to remember with the reference photos is like the, the origin can be so different. There are like. Mm -hmm. Collectors, uh, uh, no names, but like uh, Brock Walker, uh, if it doesn't source directly back to Kenner, he, he don't care about it because there are Lucasfilm sent out to all kind of companies that have right, a license, right. like underwear manufacturer that was going to make Royal Guard underwear. Uh, and uh, if it came from them, uh, it wasn't used as a reference by Kenner for the action figure, and uh, so it de depends on how, like, how anal you want to be uh, as far as, and this one uh, comes from Todd Chamberlain, and it's not, uh, it's not coming directly from, from Kenner, it comes from another company, so Do, do, you, uh, do you know which company? Are, Was it Haynes? Was uh, it for Emperor's Guard? Royal underwear? No, I remember. He, he's surfaced quite a few. Uh, really yeah, was, cool was, this, uh, was this one of the ones that was for the coloring books? As I, I think I got one of the ones from that same batch from Todd that has Jabba yeah. on it. I can't remember what the company's cool. name is, that it was for coloring is books. Is it books? Or yeah, oh, right. I can't remember. Uh, so it's like for some people this isn't a Kenner piece, uh, but it would look uh, exactly the same. And 
I tend to like, I prefer uh, ones that I know has been used by Kenner, of course, uh, and uh, even if it's being used by the sculpting department, the better. But in some cases, it's like, hey, it's it's from Lucasfilm and say it filled the same purpose, and I think it's cool, especially in a run. So I think it's important to to, to say it's like, okay, this is a uh, reference photo you can say about pretty much stuff, but yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, so how would you know if it was Kenner? Would it be stamped Kenner, or are they all stamped the same, like with Lucasfilm? No, no, it's only about provenance who, okay. who had it. Um, the, the, the most public find was the one that the Earth made probably like right, right. 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, they had like maybe 20 of them, uh, which came directly from an ex-Kenner uh, employee. And, and you could say that's a pretty solid solid provenance as far as that goes. Uh, and then, of course, if, if some guys have, have made a fine from a uh, Ken guy, but it's important, important, important to know that these kind of photos could be found anywhere, from Europe, from... Uh, uh, and, uh, well, the, the closer to Canada, the cooler. Right. Wow. Uh, Steve, I, I don't know. Am I, am I spending too much time with this photo? Because there's a lot of different <laughs> items here. Should we, should we move on to like a nugget? Should we, allow, should we allow Matthias to plug his book now? Should we talk about his amazing blog log <laughs> and his blog? Should we log his blog? Oh, I, you should. No, you should ask what, what you start to ask about the blueprint. You see handwriting on it, and there's like a knob on it. Uh, right. handwritten on it. You see, like, a round knob at the end? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, obviously isn't present on on uh, the production one. But that you can see on the early prototypes on in Kenner Photography. So there's, like, a round knob uh, in some hard copies that uh, you can see uh, on some of my slides. Okay, so so let's let's go. Uh, wait, wait, let, let's go back because we have to remember. I've never played with a accessory in my entire life. Growing up, I never had any of them. <laughs> my mom threw them all out, or my brothers lost them. So the yeah. Emperor's Royal Guard has a lance, and that lance does not have a knob. But you're saying on the blueprint, there's a knob end on the blueprint, yeah. and that is also present yeah. in some. Photo, photography, photography. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting an accent now, Steve. Um, <laughs> no, no, my Swedish accent. Good. You're turning into me. Ah, so I was a knob. Um, the thing is, Matthias, all my impersonations of you just turn into Bane from from Batman. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> I don't know how that happens. But so you're saying there's this knob end is not on the not on the production one, but it was on specific hard copies that are featured in things like you have a slide and that slide has a picture of an Emperor's Royal Guard and that hard copy accessory lance has a knob end on it. Yes. Good. So it, so it had that. So then do any of these hard copies with a knob end exist? I haven't seen one. I have only seen it in photography. And uh, I've actually only seen two hard copies, uh, both in the same collection. And maybe there are others out there. Uh, and uh, I believe both are hard copies. One could be proto-molded, but so not to my knowledge. Okay, well then, Steve, last time I asked you where we should go with this interview, <laughs> you had no answer, and then Matthias <laughs> took us there. Should we try that there again? Is, 
Yeah, so there is one one item that I thought that was really kind of neat in your run, Matthias, that I, I didn't really... I'm curious what, what the story is on it. So you have, uh, I think it's a first shot with a, a brown cape of the Royal Guard. What's the story with that? Well, that's uh, uh, that's the first shot. And okay. it comes, uh, comes from uh, uh, directly from a Kenner employee via another guy. And uh, that's one I had like, uh, probably the second item I got after the blueprint. Yeah. And there are two of those around that came from the same source. Okay. And uh, at some points, you, you never know about this stuff. It's it's old. Is it like, is it faded? Is it right. like, was it supposed to be like this? You, you, you don't really know. But like, I when I got it, I examined it like, very close and it's like you couldn't see any signs of discoloration or anything it was like mm-hmm. convinced it was like it was uh, like a fabric sample uh, to, to test it uh, and see it and then like maybe five six years later Tom Derby had a signed sample uh, up to the right if you look at the show notes and you guys look at the picture and uh, there's a sign carded sign sample with, with yeah. notes all over and the most interesting notes on that card is that like beware of old fabric don't mix up with a new one something hmm. like that huh and it's like it kind of makes sense that it, it refers uh, to the brown uh, material. It doesn't uh, say brown, but it's like uh, it kind of makes sense. And so that's at least what I believe. Uh, so there's a pretty cool example of how a sign sample could be used and uh, um, a great purpose and uh, cool notes. There are also some, some notes about the blister that's too thin, etc. So, Matthias, we wanted to actually interview you for the next blog log pod because your post about the emperor thing coming to Sweden was really great. And obviously we love the emperor, um, or at least I love the emperor up until uh-huh. I, I broke his cup today. What is the deal with this emperor thing? What, what, what is – if you were to try to get somebody to go and read your amazing post called The Emperor Comes to Sweden, what is the story behind this? Well, uh it's uh, for some reason it's the, the emperor has been really uh, tough to find on as a card back. It's like in quite many countries all around the world, like price has gotten quite popular, uh, and I never really understood it. But it's like a way of identifying what what kind of stuff uh, that was sold in your country. But, oh, but price, price stickers. Always... I'm sorry. It, it, got, it got, yeah. so price stickers. Stick- okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah, price stickers. What did you say? Yeah. Yep. And uh, in Sweden, since we didn't have our own uh, printed card backs in Swedish, uh, people go after the price stickers to, hey, this was sold in Sweden. This is kind of neat. And the emperor has all been kind of uh, elusive. And then, like, maybe a year ago, I was able to track down a former Playmix employee, and he was, like, the head of sales. And he was, like, the CSO's right hand. Playmix, if people haven't listened to the third episode of the Kivecast in a little while, Playmix is, of course, the Swedish distributor of Star Wars toys. So you're, you're exactly. speaking to a Playmix executive. 
like a real cool guy in his like he's 75 years old mm-hmm. and he loves to talk about nostalgic things and he's like hey you should come uh, come visit me and he's up in Stockholm uh, I'm down in the south that's like a, a plane ride uh, I need to to go by by a plane and but of course uh, I want to interview him for like future books for just to talk memories with him and he invites me for for coffee and we talk like probably for an hour and then he like he you can see like hey this guy is interested for real and then he starts pulling things out of his closet uh and he had saved like a bunch of stuff stuff and uh, binders uh postcards uh and the attic was full of toys nothing quite rare but he had, like saved everything and like old sketches for displays for power the forest displays and so on and he had a lot of internal uh, stuff saved wow and he he started to tell me post about the emperor like they were they wanted to do something special all the stores asked about the emperor and the kids asked about the emperor and the city came up with this idea probably Peltoy promotions, Kenner promotions, like, hey, we should pretend this is like a rare figure <laughs> and we should do like a special release for it. So they actually set the date when the arri- uh, arrival of the Emperor. So they, they set an actual release date, like to hype people up for him showing up? Yeah. There was like, people were asking about him a lot, according to him. So they set a release date like the 18th of August, uh, very specific. And uh, and not only that, they only offered the Emperor to certain toy stores. And despite having like containers of Emperors, they said like we have only a limited number of Emperors. So you only get like uh, one box of Emperors. Uh, So they really created this big hype. Uh, here in Sweden. Do, do you remember the made... Do you remember it as a kid? No. No. Okay. No, not at all. It was like this was like I was five, uh, and it was so. I don't think it was like a big hype. It, it, the country didn't like stand in silence awaiting <laughs> the emperor, but like <laughs> it. Well, uh, he made it sound that way. Uh, but it was a smart way to, to to make a release, and they they made some uh, they created a very cool postcard uh, of the figure uh, emperor standing like in a volcano kind of thing, uh, so very old Mustafar feelings. Um, and is that and they sent is that is that really yeah. rare the the postcard I've never seen it. Uh, I've only seen the one I've got. Uh, so, so one so far, okay. and maybe a few selected stores have have saved uh, one. So this was like an internal postcard sent from Playmix to the toy stores to hey, uh, here comes the emperor. Make sure you got it, and here's the order number. You will get this display. You will get this poster, and uh, here are the prices. Call, don't miss this campaign, uh, order now, kind of thing. Yes, yeah, so it says, Newcomer Kazarin. Is Kazarin how you say emperor in Swedish? Uh, probably in Russian. Uh, <laughs> Chase, done. 
What is it? Shaisaran. So it's funny because yes. they're so into English in Sweden, but they some they would translate it into Shaisaran. Huh. Exactly. Shaisaran. Yeah. So K is pronounced Shay. Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay. K Shaisaran. Yeah. So then. Okay, so if you want more details on that. Go check it out. There's more details about a poster that may or may not exist. There's more pictures. We're not going to spoil the whole blog post for you. Go check out the story of Kishadin, uh and why August 18th shall forever now be Emperor Day. In, Emperor Day. In, yeah. in, in, the, in the galaxy. That's when the Kishadin showed up to, uh, to Svensky. Uh, <laughs> Man, I'm an advertising. I didn't even think of the Emperor Day. That's like definitely Emperor Day in Sweden this summer. Yes. Or, <laughs> wait, wait, wait you, are you ready? Kishadin yeah. Tag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Isn't Tag how you say day? Yeah, uh, but with a D, not a T. Dog. Dog, yeah. Kishadin Tag. Uh-huh. Okay. Phew. Well, this is good, Steve. We're, we're still going at this good pace. Um, what should we do now? Should we go to a, a nugget? Sure. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. All right, so... Steve, you pulled out a heck of a nugget. I've never seen this before. I've seen things like it. I've seen things like it in Matthias's collection. But I have never actually seen this thing, nor have I even heard of the collector who wrote the entry into the archive. So we are dipping way into the archive. Uh, so what, <laughs> what is this thing, Steve? So it is titled The Power of the Force Royal Guard Printer's Proof Card. But what, what it is in concept, I guess, it's, it's a kind of a mock-up of a, you know, a Power of the Force proof card before it became what it really was. So it has one of those early Power of the Force logo designs, and it has uh, a different image of the Royal Guard than the one on the Return of the Jedi card back yeah, it's, um, it's a little more close up. It's actually yeah. the Emperor in the Death Star hangar as opposed to the Emperor, I mean, the Emperor's Royal Guard. I think the Emperor's Royal Guard in the card back is in the Emperor's chamber, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's what I've always thought. So, so um, this is a, so, yeah. a little more light. He's got kind of a, a goofy uh, Imperial uh, uh, officer right behind him. Kind <laughs> Just of, peeking over his kind shoulder. Of poking yeah. out. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, so it's just, it's there's a couple interesting things about this one yeah like i was saying is that that kind of alternate power of the force logo which i think you can there's a lot of those alternate designs out there that you can find um examples of but the other thing was that uh there is no space for the coin on this on this card back so that's another kind of interesting thing so I'm, i'm figuring this must have been before the the coin project was really underway um but matthias you have you have a a similar piece right yeah that's also a mock-up but like a later stage when when just like you say well hey we should have a coin or something uh, so it's like the next step uh, from this mock-up it says print is proof on the archive is a real old entry yeah uh, yeah um, but yeah and mine card looks really like it's only black you see the later 
more uh, final uh, Power of the Force logotype. Uh, right. And you even have the free collector's coin text in it. Okay. Uh, and then it all looks like all black. Uh, but what's uh, sad about this piece, if you if you look at it uh, in person, you can clearly see that it used to have like a pasted on image. Ah. Oh. Uh, with one. So there used to be a photography. Yeah. Wow. It just fell and, off. Yeah. I don't think you can see it. In, yeah, probably in some of the pictures, hopefully in the show notes, there's a red nameplate uh, on the card as well. And above that uh, used to be like a photography. Oh, which yeah. Probably uh, room for the figure, uh, the racetrack, uh, the coin. Who knows? I haven't been able to find a mock-up in, in any photography so far. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, well, as long as I can track back, it it hasn't in in no collector's hands. It's, uh, they they are aware of the uh, the photography, so it's probably fell off like in the eighties or in the nineties. Who knows? Yeah, right. And it's one of the things about the one that's on the archive as well is that the logo is separately printed and it's kind of on thin paper. And it seems that these Power of the Force mock-ups were really almost like a, a kit bashed or something. Like they weren't printed. They were just like a lot of pictures pasted and a lot of things kind of smushed together. I mean, this one yeah. on the archive, the Emperor's Royal Guard doesn't even have a nameplate. The name appears in the bubble where the figure would go. But, right, but right. above, um, it has a very strange, yeah. uh, strange thing. And the cool thing is, is that there's all these mock-up logos and there's all this stuff that exists for the Power of the Force line in terms of proofs and logos. And uh, at some point, there will be a book written about this. Is that correct, Matthias? Yeah, let's hope so. And uh, <laughs> hopefully before I die. Uh, so, but definitely... So, so that, this is the point, Matthias, where I want to start uh, uh, promoting your book. So first of all, I, I got a Facebook message from someone the other day asking about your book and saying if it was a good one worth getting. And, um, well, okay, I haven't responded to him yet. But when I do, I'm going to say absolutely it is. Is it still available? Is a new proof still for sale, Matthias? Oh, it definitely is. It's like... I was surprised that the, my, the company that handles the shipment, uh, shipment says like, hey, you only have like a couple of hundreds left. Uh, it's like a slow-paced selling, and, uh, but we're slowly getting there that the, the second printing is uh, getting sold out. Wait, the second, the second printing is getting uh, sold out? Yeah. Wow, did you know, Steve, that you can make a second edition – a second printing of a popular Star Wars collecting book? I didn't know that was possible. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yes, you can definitely get a new proof, which we've talked a lot about the show. And then at Celebration, are you going to be announcing The Chromeland Strikes Back? Where are you on, the, on, that, on that, Matthias? Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I will hopefully have more uh, sample. I, unfortunately, it, it won't be ready for uh, uh, Celebration. Uh, I was aiming for it, but... Uh, well, life uh, happened too much, and but uh, hopefully later this year and at celebration, I at least will have a release date, and uh, I will have uh, books with me. I will actually be 
uh, in James Gallo's booth, Toy Heaven, in a small corner of his booth, we'll have uh, some some new Cromwell and Strikes Back news and uh, some books, uh, new proof books as well. And speaking of celebration, okay, I want everybody who sees Matthias at celebration and listens to the show, every single person when you meet him, I want you to yeah. sing his drop when you see him, okay? Just say, ah, just say that every single time. I want Matthias to know. I want him to know how much you love him and how much love his appearance on the show, okay? So, Matthias, are you okay with that? If, if they meet you and they don't even say hello to you first, they just say, ah. <laughs> Definitely. I'm, I'm used to it. Ron does it all the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so that's... nowhere, so... That's what we're asking yeah. of you. If you are a space freak and you see Matthias at Celebration, make sure you sing to him. Uh, and for, for goodness gracious, whatever you, you need, you know, when people talk about what are the books that you need to have a respectable collection uh, of, of books about Star Wars toys, A New Proof is, you know, essential. It's top five yeah, ab uh, absolutely. in terms of what, what you need to have. I would even put it above some of the other books that we've promoted on the show, but I'm not going to say which ones. Um, but uh, it's, it's absolutely uh, indispensable. And when, if you keep buying these books, people, Matthias will keep making them, and then we'll get to have an entire huge spread all about the Power of the Force mock-ups. Now, on the archive, there are there's a lot of information about the Power of the Force mock-ups and the different logos and designs, because clearly Kenner was just spiraling out of control. Like, well, how do we do this? <laughs> we need to sell more Star Wars toys. We need more Star Wars money. We need that stimmy. Um, but... Uh, who is Don Gary? He's the guy who wrote this post. I've yeah. never heard of him. Have you ever heard of him, Matthias? Actually, no. well, it's a, it's a cool, some cool post. I think he made a post about like a template for a Paplu card uh, as well. Uh, yes. Uh, he, I think that's the same guy. It is. Uh, it is, yeah. Yeah, it is, uh, which is like almost like as close to mechanical as you can come. Yeah, he only has four things on the archive, and they're all awesome. Um, but, yeah. but of course, I'm now just obsessed with the new pronunciation of Paplu. That is way better than Paplu. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Paplu. <laughs> I have quite a few of those pronunciations. It's like, uh, yeah. Well, if they never say Paplu, who's to say it's Pap? It's yeah, not that's, Paplu. That's, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> All right, Steve, where, where should we go now? Should we go to uh, something unloved? Sure. You don't hate, only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. The unloved and the unnatural. Like last month, uh, I kind of found a bunch of stuff. So it's a matter of, do you want to do you want to kind of do a, a rapid fire unloved, or do you want to pick a couple things and, and really? Focus oh, in. let's do the right. same thing we did with 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 the Gamorrean <laughs> okay. guard. You know, right. like where the licensing Lucasfilm was doing, they just said, you know what, we're going to sell all this crap. Let's just do all of it. Let's just do <laughs> everything. Let's go right. head to toe. Let's go. Um, all right. So oh, we're going to start. We're going to start at the toe. If that's okay with you. Yes, let's start with the toe. <laughs> so this this first one is 
the Darth Vader roller skates. And I have to say, like, back when we first started doing the Unloved segment, I kind of had this in mind for whenever we got to the Royal Guard, just because <laughs> Wow. I just had this great image in my head of Vader and two Royal Guards, like, flanking him, roller skating. You know, it's just this... <laughs> yes. It... The, the, the box is a, incredible. It's got Vader flanked by the Royal Guards, like all these things do, but the roller skate itself is, like... Is pictured in in like hyperspace mode. <laughs> it's like yeah, you should be able to like go incredibly fast on these things. But when you actually look at at the the open box, you kind of get deflated immediately. <laughs> right. It's just a black roller skate. Although it does say Star Wars on the wheels with the racetrack. Yeah, which is pretty yeah, sweet. That, that is that is pretty cool. And then it just has uh, an image of Vader with one royal guard. One it, one royal guard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just I've always loved the uh the image of that that high speed roller skate. <laughs> right, which must have been airbrushed by the by the the company that made them. Uh Brook, yeah. Brookfield Athletic. Yeah, uh, Brook, the, Brookfield Athletic. <laughs> which also made the ice skates, the Darth Vader yeah. and the Wicked ice skates. Right. Um, right. Oh man. Oh, these are sweet. Okay, we, we have to come back to them. All right, Steve. So so we're down to the toes. Uh, where else on the body can we put uh, our Imperial Guard lance? <laughs> So I am really bummed out. There was one item that I, I could they didn't have an image of, but I'm very, very intrigued, which is the, the Royal Guard sweatsuit. What? <laughs> I just Yeah, that was one of them that they didn't have an image. So I'm gonna have to, to bug Duncan about that. But but instead we have this sweatshirt that has an iron on on it, which is really odd. So it has Luke in his Jedi outfit, it has two Royal Guards, and right above Luke is basically uh, a photoshopped image of him in his cloak, and it's just so strange because the face is kind of blacked out. And I'm, it's like, who is this supposed to be? Is that supposed to be the Emperor? Is it supposed to be Luke if he went to the dark side? Like, who knows? But it's just this really strange iron-on image on this bright red sweatshirt. Um, what wow, are your I'm What are your theories? Kind of scared, like ghost thing. I don't know. Like, uh, I never yeah, seen it. Yeah, it's really creepy. It looks like uh, Luke in Jedi Jedi outfit at Yabba's place, right. but, but why? You're right. Yeah. This image is one of the weirdest images. Okay, Duncan, I know you listen to the show, okay? <laughs> I, I know you love the database entries, but we need to get your camera just going, okay? First of all, I need <laughs> to know what an Emperor's Royal Guard sweatsuit looks like so that I know what I'm going to wear when I retire, okay? I'm going to be like <laughs> exactly. the guys from The Sopranos, but I'm going to have a, a, a <laughs> closet filled with Emperor's Royal Guard sweatsuits, okay? And yeah. we need a better picture of this crazy iron-on. Yeah. It, 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 you know what? I, I really think that this must have been a very early image, and I think they took... Maybe pictures from Luke constructing his lightsaber because the the bonus oh. footage of Luke constructing his lightsaber he has the hood over his face like this You're right and this You're was right. released in the in the Blu-ray it was a un, unseen shot yeah, from the, the original movie. original opening scene from the movie right or close to opening scene yeah right that's that's right oh you see the photo was taken by Anne so so really what we need is just more more Anne Jenkins but we always need more Anne Jenkins <laughs> on the show anyway. Yes. Because this is one of the weirdest images I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because Luke, Luke is essentially 
portrayed as a dark side figure. He's flanked right. by two royal guards. He's got the emperor's uh, spider web uh, window behind him. Right. Yeah. He's in yeah. his dark cloak and then he's in his black. This is amazing. Wow. Yeah. I thought maybe it was trying to be uh, an image of the emperor, but it, it's just so strange. Um, <laughs> now, let's pretend that you can't find your sweatshirt or your sweatsuit and you go outside and it's raining. What, what are you going to do, Steve? Well, you're going to put on your, your Darth Vader and Royal Guard Silver Rain Poncho. <laughs> Silver this, Rain Poncho. Yeah, wow. this is from Adam, Adam Joseph. Um, and I'm thinking, man, why isn't this thing bright red? <laughs> like, it's, it's, you'd think that it would have to be – if it's a Royal Guard poncho, it would have to be red. But I guess maybe that would make the, the imagery not stand out as much. But uh, – no, no, there's no good reason. So this is a silver poncho with a – It's in, uh, on the front it says Return of the Jedi. On the back it has this weird like upside-down home plate image. It's, right. It's like a triangle and it has Vader crossing his arms like Stephen B. Danley and then the Royal <laughs> Guards behind him. And it's – they're on a blue background. Yeah, it's a very weird-looking image. It's actually the most Illuminati-looking Star Wars thing I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that. Abs- absolutely <laughs> confirmed. I would like to have this poncho today. I love it. The yeah. design of it, yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> I think to, it's amazing. We'll have to track one down at Celebration because uh, this all the Jedi gear that we're tracking down is just outstanding. Yeah. And is that yeah. it, Steve? Are we done with the unloved <laughs> items of the Emperor's Royal Guard? No, just just in case the poncho wasn't enough. No? <laughs> there there's a corresponding umbrella with the same imagery. <laughs> umbrella. Also also from Adam Joseph. So this this has got that that the Illuminati Vader and Guards home plate triangle thing <laughs> on, <laughs> on an umbrella. The pyramid is um, power. Wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I th- I figured it out, Steve. Okay. Okay. The designers of Adam Joseph were tasked with coming up with a design that would fit an umbrella. And so uh-huh. an umbrella is a, a rectangle at the bottom that leads up to a pointed triangle at the top. Sure. And that's okay. what this image is. It's <laughs> a rectangle on the bottom and it becomes a triangle at the top. So they yeah. must have created this silk screen or I don't know, Matthias will know, but they must have created this image and then said, oh, well, we only used it on this one umbrella. Let's also put it on the poncho. I think that's what has to be what happened. Yeah, it's a good theory. Definitely. And they're all just like common artwork like that Vader is like used on everything. So uh, I guess they just pasted something up from, from general uh, illustrations they got. We, we did have one more item. I don't know if you want to... Are you to, uh... serious? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know if people you know. can handle it, Steve. <laughs> um, so, I mean, if you still have any money left after buying all of these great Royal Guard things, you have to put them in a bank, right? So there's this Emperor's Royal Guard bank, also from Adam Joseph, uh, which... You know, it's pretty pretty simple, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and they must have been released kind of later because on the back they also have advertisements for Princess Nisa and Wicket the Ewok. Yeah, um, yeah, and this this is something we didn't mention on the last 
episode about the Gamorrean Guard, but I think we we mentioned it maybe in the Sansweet episode, but there's that elusive Gamorrean Guard bank from this same line that wasn't available in the States, I don't think. It was one of those tough things that could only be found overseas. So I think a lot of people looking to complete their set based on the back of this box, they couldn't get the Gamorrean Guard, but they could get an Emperor's Royal Guard. This is a perfect example of why the Royal Guard is so cool. It's like almost impossible to make it look like a boring, lame figure. It's so accurate and it's, it's so uh, simple in its design, so it's always looking good. It's like so simple and even the fi- action figure is very screen accurate and this one is too. It's, this could be like a plus figure from today, and right. it's a yeah. from like back in the day. Now, Matthias, I do believe applause has not made a Star Wars item in about twenty years, but uh, your, your <laughs> point is well taken. <laughs> I mentioned I was getting old, didn't I? <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, well, you're the same age as me, so you're, you're only old compared to Steve. All right, so we hit the market watch. Yes, let's do All right. the one dollar flicks market watch. $1 Vlicks Market Watch Hockey Market Watch Game Hockey Market Watch Game Hockey 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 Market Watch Game Hockey Hockey Okay. All right, so are we going to be competing against ourselves? Matthias, have you, have you been cheating? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, of course not. Because this is going to be like the 1980 Olympics, you know, where America famously won gold over Sweden. Yes, that was where America won gold, people, not over Russia. Some people don't forget. So, let's... Uh, <laughs> I hope I'm right about that, Steve. I think I am. You sounded confident enough that I think, you know, eh, I I am very confident, but I am sitting in my basement. And if you've ever been to my basement, you know that I have a little rod hockey set on my table right at my feet. And I do have Finland versus Sweden as the two teams that are that you can play as. So, (laughs) yes. And uh, I only root for Finland 70 percent of the time. Okay, so now that I've gotten Matthias really angry at me, let's do this, Steve. (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. So let's start with uh, with some more Royal Guard uh, auctions. So these are from from Brisbane, Brisbane, and we've got I've got three here. Just to okay. make it quick and simple. So the first one is a and, carded, and it's, it's whoever's uh, closest wins. Okay. Sure. So we're, sure. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in. And I'm going to get uh, hockey noises. Okay, so this is going to be replaying the 1980 Gold Olympic game in Lake Placid. And every time that I win, I'm going to do the, the, the foghorn sound. And it's going to play that song that they play in, uh, in hockey games oh, 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 when, they, when they score a goal. And every time that Matias scores, there's going to be either silence or people boom. Okay. A lot of silence then. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. <laughs> All right, uh, all right. So, item number one is a carded Return of the Jedi 65C uh, Emperor's Royal Guard. So it's got the Emperor offer in the in the lower right corner. It's got a looks like a pretty clear bubble. Uh, other, you know, pretty good shape. 
Um, is it's not graded? Not graded. Not graded. Pretty good shape. Okay, I'm gonna write down. You have to write down your number, Matthias. Yeah. And then, and then we, and then we're, and then we'll, we'll tell Steve. Bubble, Steve. Yellow or clear? It's clear. It's uh, pretty good, clear. Good question. I just added another zero to my guess. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Yes. Yep. All right, Sky. What do you got? Uh, it's two hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, and Matthias. Oh, oh, and zero cents. Two hundred forty, actually. What'd you say? Two hundred forty. One twenty-three fifty. So that goes to Matthias. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Michael Ruzioni, you got this. Okay. All right. Next well, that up. That was easy win. Yeah. Okay. Um, so up next we have a seventy-seven A ungraded. So this is an Oculus uh, Royal Guard. 77 back. The bubble is looks to be very clear. Uh, the card has a little bit of edge wear, but otherwise looks quite nice. Uh, <laughs> Alright. Once again, I'll go first, even though that gives Matias a strategic advantage, which if he wins, that's why it's rigged. Okay. Uh -huh. so technically, I won <laughs> the last round because I won it. Just check your facts. Okay? So... <laughs> I am going to say one hundred and ninety-one dollars. All right, Matthias. Two hundred and sixty-five. Matthias takes it again. Three hundred and fifty. What? <laughs> oh, it's rigged. God damn it, it's rigged. I'm getting tired of winning, Steve. I'm getting tired of winning. Okay. <laughs> All right. Always winning, Sky. You're always, always. winning. Always. Okay. The thing is, I want to win at least once so I can play this stupid sound effect. Okay. So <laughs> a 77 offer list goes for 250 whereas a 65C, which would have been – no, the 65A would have been the debut. So, yeah. So it was the, the 77 I wait for 350 not 250 350 so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the third item, and this is not – it's it's a Royal Guard item, sort of. So what we have is a uh, mint and sealed box tie interceptor. So you've got the, the Royal Guards on the box. And this thing was graded an AFA-80. So it's a graded vehicle. My lord, this is so... This is for cocktail. I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm writing down a number right now. But okay. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't either, so... That's I, the great thing about about being the the game game runner. I don't have to worry about any. So of it's a sealed tie interceptor, right? God, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know the ballpark. <laughs> okay, um, well, it's, it's unfair. You gotta, you gotta Matthias has an unfair advantage because he knows more than I do. So <laughs> it's a little Should bit unfair. Com completely unfair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, I have. You... Wait, sorry. Go ahead, Matthias. Shall I start, or you you start all the time? No, no, I, no I, I keep starting so that way, if you need okay. to cheat, you can cheat, so you can win. Okay, uh, okay. okay. I am saying one thousand sixty-nine dollars and sixty-nine cents. Okay, Matthias. Seven hundred. Seven hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's a that's a, a hat trick for Matthias. <laughs> God damn it, Peter Forsberg sucks. Five hundred and seventy-seven dollars. And uh, the, the goaltender for the Rangers, Lance Henriksen, he sucks too. And uh, 
God so, damn it. So in terms of the, the first Wait, how round. how much was it? How much was it? 577. For a sealed tie receptor? Yeah. Surprise. <sighs> Yeah. Well, so that that's round one. Now I don't know if you guys looked at at the the general market watch that that Pete put together. I don't know if you want to try and do a a redemption sky. We have a couple items there. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that <laughs> first right. round that was yeah. the preseason. Now we're ready for the real stuff. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then, so and then I have to go actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll go through these quickly. Um, so the first item. This is this is from Fretastic. Um, it's a Star Wars villains three pack. So it's the the three pack that has the stormtrooper, Vader, and the Death Squad commander. Okay. And is it's it... ungraded. Pretty nice shape. Okay. Ooh. I've got the number. All right. Do you have your number, Matthias? Yeah. All okay. right. I, I say 5,000 flat. Okay. okay. Sky. Go. Sky, you got it. 5,300. <laughs> wait. Wait. What did Matthias say? He's, didn't you say – you said 3K? Yeah. You said 3K? I won? Yeah. Oh. You won? You want? You want? You want? You want? You want? You want? <laughs> awesome. All right. We got a couple really more. Close. It was you were really close. Yeah, you're only 300 bucks off. That, that's good. Nice. Um, yeah. Notice how the second that he loses, he's like, oh, I got to leave now. <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah. lose with dignity, Matthias. You really have got to lose with dignity. Okay. All right, a um, couple more. We'll, we'll go through these quick. Um, okay. So the next we have the Collect All 21 uh, display header. So this is the, the header for the display that has the circular pictures of the characters. So not, not the figures, but the characters. Okay. Kind of an ugly display. Um, uh, okay. Ungraded? It's not graded, no. Um, one second... Um. Uh, three thousand four hundred ninety-eight dollars. Okay. What do you got, Matthias? Fourteen hundred. Sky again, four thousand and ten. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> He's coming back. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, we got a couple more. All right. Up next, we have a carded vinyl cape Jawa, 12 back. Carded. And it's not graded. Oh. <sighs> carded. Condition? The condition looks pretty nice. I mean, it's, it's unpunched. Um, I can't see anything majorly wrong with it, but it is not graded from what I can tell. It's just in a, in a case. Okay, I am going to say the exact same number, $3,498. Okay, and what do you got, Matthias? Uh, $7,500. Ooh, 
so that, I guess, goes to Sky again, right? Oh my gosh, we're tied three to three. We are actually in. Oh. Wait, we are actually in the moment, Steve. Uh, this is this is it. This <laughs> is this is actually sudden death overtime. This yes. truly is Mike Ruzioni's moment to defeat the Russians. By the way, you're Russian now, this. <laughs> we're going to finally defeat the Russians. This is going to be great. Oh, there's like, no way it, I'm going to raise it, this one. This is crazy. <laughs> in every show I've done this uh, against you in my mind, I always win over you, Sky. So I'm like, devastated. And, and you right. really should win because I am hilariously bad at this game. Okay, <laughs> I'm ready. All right. So this is the couldn't be a, a more fitting last item for a sudden death overtime in the $1 Vlix market watch other than a Vlix first shot. So what we have here is a a first shot Kenner Vlix. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> this this is I mean, has there ever been any more pressure, Sky? There hasn't been. I know it's gonna be more than one dollar. <laughs> you know that's that's a safe guess. God, a first shot Vlix. God, it's gotta be more than a thousand dollars. Alright, I am going to say I'm going to say ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand, all right. Matthias. One was sold at Vectis recently. I can't remember what it sold for, but uh, I think guys, uh, I, I had like eight uh, uh, written down, so I go with eight. But I think it was probably more. I should know, but eight. What was I wrote down? Twelve thousand five hundred. Oh! <laughs> this is the greatest moment of my life. I'd like to thank the Academy for employing Steve. I'd like to thank. I'd, I'd like to thank. Um, uh, I'd like to thank uh, the Swedish Crown Prince Charles John Bernadotte, who strictly opposed Norwegian independence to offer generous terms of union. Um, I'd, I'd like to thank uh, I'd like to thank uh, Olaf Palma, who was a Swedish minister who was murdered. Oh my God! Yeah, well. um, I'd like to thank um, the Swedish diplomat Raoul Wallenberg for uh, offering humanitarian aid to Jews during the Holocaust. Um, and, uh, really, uh, I, I couldn't have done any of this without, uh, King Charles the 13th, who, oh, wait a minute. No, no, coalitions against Napoleon. I did this on behalf, against King Charles the 13th. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take down the History of Sweden Wikipedia page. Matthias, it's been an honor uh, facing you on the field of battle. And everyone should see Matthias, and we'll be hearing from him next month to talk about Sherpa. Yeah. Um, and we'll be probably interviewing him at Celebration as well. Matthias, you are truly one of the bright spots in the hobby, spreading information, making books, uh, getting voted on as the best collector in all of Sweden. And uh, we will talk to you next month. Have a good time with Kala and picking up your kid at school. <laughs> Thanks, Matthias.
Oh, Steve, have I ever won? I mean, like, uh, legitimately? I don't think I've ever legitimately won. I, yeah, I don't know about legitimately. You've had some, uh, <laughs> some interesting tactics of, of taking it home in the past, but no, that, that was pretty epic. Of cooking the books? Yeah. I, I cannot <laughs> wait to edit that and find all those stupid Jock Jam songs and put them on and underneath. <laughs> There are, there are some important things we still have yet to, to discuss, right? Okay. I, I sort of wish I didn't accidentally read all that stuff about all those dead people on Sweden. <laughs> I was just reading the Wikipedia you know, it, page. It, it's that, I think that's within the the, <laughs> the, the canon of, of the Kivecast. <laughs> yes. I, no, yeah. I'm not going to edit it out. <laughs> I never edit anything out to make me look better. The main thing I edit out are stupid jokes. So that's the sad thing. If you listen to the show and think there's too many stupid jokes by me, I edit out like 70% of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's and only I, for for my my poor ears. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, but but Steve, really, I was good, right? Not going on and on about how we should name him Imperial Guard Lance, because Crunchy Gamorian Guard has really caught on and it's been it has. a big thing. Yeah, and uh, there's going to be buttons and stuff, and we're, we're gonna like we're gonna promote it you know, during the, during celebration. We'll record all the people who make Crunchy swag. Yeah, um, but yeah. part of me feels like we should have Imperial Guard Lance. Swag as well, just yes. like with an arrow pointing, and just like I'm Lance. Okay, I like that. Um, but we got to get to bootleg bonanza because poor Steve has to go off to work, and I have I to. Uh, I have to go hang out with my brother. I get to hang out with my brother. So right. what's the deal? Why right. did Uzai, the Turkish company that made bootlegs, love the Imperial Royal Guard so much? I don't know. I mean, it just it just seems like they really were infatuated because they have you know. Two versions of his character that were in the Uzai, Uzai line. The first is just, you know, it's funny. They just, there's no like letter omitted. It's just Emperor's Royal Guard. Right. <laughs> they actually like spell yeah, usually, it out. Yeah, usually they change the name. Usually yeah, they make yeah. it funny or they call it something Turkish. Right. Like, you know, right. Aslan Adam. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or so, Asker. Yeah. <laughs> so for the Royal Guard, it's just the Emperor's Royal Guard, and, and they have uh, – there was a version – two versions with a cloak. So there's kind of a dark red cloaked version that looks pretty much like the original, uh, and then there's one with the lighter red that even looks more like the, the original. Um, so th those are – that's one version. But then you have the the infamous Headman, which is like – it's been cr like critical to the lore of, of our podcast going way back. Um and I just realized, like, it's been probably years since we talked about Headman, right? Right. Well, I mean, if if you've listened to the Rick Springfield thing again, um, Rick yeah. Springfield talks a lot about Headman because that yeah. that was the point in the interview with Rick Springfield where he came over to my side is when he realized he could talk <laughs> about Headman and I would really care. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Headman. So much like they took the Imperial. Uh, Snowtrooper and turned it right. into Blue Stars. Their, their own character, yeah. They decided to just create somebody called Headman. And <laughs> uh, he... It's funny, on the archive, there isn't much of a write-up about Headman. It is. I, do you think he's Headman because he's supposed to be like the leader man? Or does the word head mean something else in Turkish? That's a good question, because you have all the... You have Walrus Man and, and all these other things that, you know... Are descriptive in that way. Um, I don't know. I think to me, he kind of seems like he'd be the the head of these basic royal guards. But I don't know. Um, he definitely looks a little more intimidating. He's he's got the the shield and and the sword. Um, 
But what's what's kind of neat about this is that I, I was curious about the numbers of, of what were produced for Headman. I know we talked about it a long time ago, but uh, there was this old thread on Rebel Scum that that has it kind of succinctly presented. So for the long, longest time, there was just thought to be the one carded example. But then Rick Springfield <laughs> manifests a second, right? So we have right. two carded examples. Um, and as of 2013, there were three loose, complete examples, three to five that were loose with the shield, and maybe 10 to 15 that were just loose without any accessories. So it's, it's this really small number, Um which just, you know, it's just this really strange, really strange uh, bootleg that is definitely like the, I don't know, the most mythical and, and iconic, I think, in terms of bootlegs. Yeah, go. the most iconic bootleg. I mean, it's it's got the, the headpiece is painted gold. Right. Uh, the body is black. Yeah. And the shield, we don't even know where the shield comes from. The shield just appears to be uh, a completely different... Uh, a completely different mold, like from nothing. We don't we don't know right. where it actually comes from. Right. Uh, in- interestingly, the description on the archive is written by somebody else who I don't know, Chris Mueller. Uh, the only thing that he has on the archive is this. Yeah, and uh, he mentioned it as being a medieval style sword and shield. Mm-hmm. And it really is kind of this weird med- medieval looking guy. He does seem like yeah. kind of a knight. I did look up right. on an online translator and head in Turkish means head. So uh, <laughs> he really is head man. Um, right. I wonder if it means like – if it also means like leader uh, yeah. or not. Yeah. <laughs> but Maybe <yeah>. not. <laughs> and, and going back to hockey, of course, Nicholas Headman is still on <laughs> – on the on the Tampa Bay Lightning, he's still number seventy-seven. So the best hockey jersey for Star Wars collectors is yes. Headman. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So so there are three carded Uzai Headmans, and they go for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. So that's as good as any way to go out, Steve, on the Emperor's Royal Guard. I think we really went into a lot of detail about him and about how we liked him. I think we stayed nice and tight. We're going to probably have this episode come in reasonable and quick. And now, Steve, uh, I think we should leave our way for the space freaks of the week like Raphael Shadik. And um, I think either I'll interview them or we'll both interview them together. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but we'll get them on there and really start kind of spreading the love because we really care about our listeners. And uh, the only reason it seems like we don't care is because I don't respond very often. But uh, I do care, and so uh, let's let's prove it. It's the Space Freak of the Week, a semi-monthly peek into our collections. Whose collections are unique, and they're also our fans, and that's on fleek. So why not try to kiss my cheek, or later maybe we could neek. Do it. Do it now. All right. Well, uh, Steve, we are joined with our first ever Space Freak of the Week, and uh, that is uh, Dallas Ewen. Is that how you pronounce it, Dallas? Oh, that's close, uh, Sky. It's Ewen. Ewen, of course. Uh Because... Because you're you're Canadian and all Canadians have Scottish names, so it's like you and McGregor, right? Yeah, that, that's right. Good, yeah. good knowledge. 
Yeah, <laughs> well, um, and you're out in Winnipeg? Yep, that's right, Winnipeg, Manitoba, okay. middle of the continent. Now, now, let's see if Steve can get this, if Steve's uh, <laughs> geography is good. Steve, is Winnipeg oh, no. east or west of uh, Edmonton? <laughs> Oh boy, you're really putting me on oh. the on the spot. What if it's <laughs> what if it's neither? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not very fair, Sky. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't I don't know if I have the answer either. Oh no, no, I do. It's uh, it's uh, it's east. Uh, okay. Okay, that was going to be my guess, yes. but yes, correct. South oh. and east of Edmonton. Yes, but we are we are We're currently just a... yes. I was going to say, you guys have a buddy who lives in Regina, no? Yes, we do. Doesn't... Yeah. Yeah, so, so Regina is about five hours down the road from me, just a short distance. Right, short uh, Western Canadian distance. But, exactly. But, but part of all this exciting thing that we're trying to do with this is to try to keep it limited. I don't know if you've noticed on the show recently, but Steve and I have been trying to keep the tempo up because uh, we, t- we tend to get verbose. So, Keep it tight. That's right. So, Dallas, you were one of the first people to contact us to, to come on the show. So what, what are you up to? What, what do you collect? Why do you collect? How do you collect? What, what's, your, uh, what's your story, Dallas? Well, um, I, I guess I started, started listening to the show, oh, a couple of years ago maybe, um, when I kind of got back into collecting. Like a lot of people, I was kind of in and out. Like I started when... I was about six years old in 78 and, um, you know, collected for a while as a kid, of course, and then collected for a while in the 90s and kind of came back again when I started blogging. Uh, you guys mentioned my blog a couple of times on the show, which is really nice. It's uh, vintagekennerstarwars.blogspot.ca. Oh, or yeah. Com. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so I've been a big fan of the, uh, big fan of the show um, and uh, thought I'd get in touch and just see if we had a little chat. Um, I basically just collect production stuff. I didn't get into it early enough to be able to afford pre-production or, or get into that, but I've got a run of loose figures and a run of 12-inch and a bunch of box stuff, and, and I just like to uh, to collect that to put up on the blog from time to time. Yeah, and, and we've I, I think when we, we talk about your, your blog, it's very much about how much we enjoy it because mainly you just sort of play with your toys, right? <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that when you said uh, it's basically just a guy who looks like he's like playing with his toys. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is a, it is a lot of fun because uh, what I really like about the toys and vintage stuff in particular is the is the engineering thought that went into the toys and the graphic design and art on the on the packages and the boxes. That really, really, I really enjoy that uh, aspect of the hobby. So I, I just find that cool to to put those up, and then to have detailed shots of toys for people, you know, to uh, to have a look kind of behind and underneath and everything else on, on this old stuff that we love so much. Yeah, and is is that actually tied into? Are you an engineer or a graphic designer by trade, or is that just something <laughs> that uh, interests you in passing? No, it, it's an interest of of mine in passing. It's not my profession. I practice law as a job. Okay. Um, but, uh, well, I took commercial art in high school, so maybe I can say that about that interest, but I've always liked design and the, you know, the racetrack and the logos and the, the photos of kids on the boxes are really iconic for me. 
Yeah, and and it seems like sometimes you try to, or most of the time, you try to recreate the box, the box art with the actual toys. Oh yeah, that's super fun. Just putting up the little <laughs> tableau. Um, I don't have any uh, any six year olds around to put, dress up in turtlenecks and and uh, actually pose for the photos. That would be weird, but. I'll just set up the toys, and it's a lot of fun. You know, you should just advertise that in the newspaper. You know, local lawyer looking for six-year-old boys to dress up in turtlenecks and play with my toys. And uh... well, sounds sounds more like a Craigslist thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, Dallas, every time I go to your website, and this, uh, I always wish I remember to go there more. So uh, let's just say it again, so so people can go. Vintage Kenner Star Wars, one word, dot blogspot, dot com. Um, you got it. It just has, I think what I always say about it is it has a certain joy. I mean, Steve, the most recent one is actually him playing with a B-Wing. Oh, awesome. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not exactly me playing with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, See, Sky, you, but, you keep yeah. implying that the play, the play word. I don't know if it's necessarily yeah. that. It's Dallas going, whoosh, whoosh, pew, pew. Yeah, yeah it's uh, super fun. I'm going to throw that stuff up on YouTube and get a lot of nice comments. But no, the the B wing is, is a is a toy that is that is awesome. Like uh, you know all the all the play features in it, uh, the rotating cockpit, the wings that come up and down, the landing gear, like the whole thing is so engineered. It, you know, if you sold that thing today, like what would it cost? A hundred bucks or something? Oh god, probably, probably so much. Probably uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's there's so much packed into that it's it's great and then the weird stuff that they put in the box art like you know characters that really have nothing to do with anything sort of hanging around a ship and yeah it's, it's funky yeah I'm not sure if I agree with your characterization of Lando hanging around trying not to work but uh... <laughs> well, what did it look like he was doing to you, for for you like See, just hanging out. Yeah, maybe he's checking out the repulsor lifts or something, or I, I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> sure. Uh, awesome. Uh, well, Steve, I was supposed to let you ask a question too. Uh, that's okay. Um, so I guess should we should we before we get to the lightning round? Yeah. Um, is there any particular collecting related story that, that that you've always remembered fondly that you could tell oh. briefly? <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a very very quick one, and it's more like an anecdote than a story. But when I was a kid, um, I have I, I got the original twelve figures, of course, um, like most kids did. And uh, unfortunately for me, the Jawa that I got was a vinyl cape Jawa. And yeah. when I went over to my friend's place to play with, you know, everybody gathered up all their Star Wars toys and played all together, right? And I was always so jealous of the cloth cape Jawas because they just looked so much cooler than my lame vinyl cape one. Um, but but uh, fortunately, nobody nobody traded me a cloth cape from a vinyl for my vinyl cape uh, Jawa, so I still have it on the on the stand with the twelve, which oh, is awesome. kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. Wow. So, so did you you even actively try to trade it? Um, you know what? I don't think I did because I probably would have gotten in trouble. Okay. I remember I took a, I had a diecast, I had a diecast tie fighter too, and I and I took it to school once when it was like thirty below, and I think I fell when it was in my jacket pocket or something, Oof. and one of the wings broke off, and I was I was quite devastated, and and I didn't get bought another one because that's not what happened right. in the eighties. You know, you break your toy, that's kind of it. 
<laughs> wow, that that's a really evocative image of, of someone in in uh, Winnipeg walking in yeah. 30 degree weather with a, a metal Tie Fighter cracking on the ground. I think you can make like a short yeah. film. I think so too. Yeah. There's yeah. this there's this uh, Canadian uh, uh, short film that I've watched like 20 times uh, called The Sweater, and it's all about this kid who. Has to wear oh my a, God. a Maple Leafs jersey instead of a Canadian's yep. jersey, and, and he hates right, it because yeah. everyone cool. Yeah. And so I can imagine you doing yeah. like a little short film like that with you and your little <laughs> Tie Fighter in the snow. Yeah, it'd be like a, be like French Expressionist cinema or something like that. <laughs> yeah. All sad, but yeah, the the hockey the hockey sweater is totally iconic. Like we basically study that stuff in school, and in fact, the the an image from the hockey sweater is on. Um, one of our uh, uh, pieces of money. I can't remember really? which one it was, but uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's a very famous Canadian story. Super cool. Well, look at me, Steve, for how much I, I tease our Canadian <laughs> fans and friends. Uh, Let's say this is probably the, the least hostile Canadian interview you've done yet so far. <laughs> it's just because we don't know each other well enough. When I get to know well, I'll... Uh... Yeah. Well, I'll give you this. Add at. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's good. See. There you go. <laughs> oh, it's, it's going south. Um, well, the, how about we? How about we get to our lightning round? Although I am enjoying this. Com- this is the problem, Steve. Is I'm always going to want to talk to people longer. But I know this I is know. good though. We'll leave them leave them wanting more. So why don't we start with the the nice thing about interviewing people who want to be on the show is they listen to the show. So they're at least a little bit ready. <laughs> Recently, when we acted, we're like lightning round. Sure. Oh, favorite yeah. line? Okay. So what is your favorite bad line of dialogue from a Star Wars film? Oh, you know what? Um, my favorite is one of the ones where they they uh, use an insult, and it's usually Leia insulting Han Solo, that's so completely uh, weird. Like, there's one where she calls him a laser brain. Yes. <laughs> and, I th- and I think the line is, I don't know where you get your delusions laser brain. Yeah. Like an adult... <laughs> An adult person is going to call somebody else a laser brain. That's, That's a good point. <laughs> okay. But there's, you know, get the, get that walking carpet out of my way. Like the, the, when he tries to be clever and and uh, colloquial, it just sounds so weird. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, right. that's that's probably my favorite. All right, that's great, Steve. You want to you ask the next All one? Right. So, so moving on, we've got the the burning house question. So, if if there was a great fire in Winnipeg, what was your what would be your one vintage item that you'd have to take with you? Oh, well, I'm going to cheat a little on that one because <laughs> I would take my uh, my action display stand with the first twelve figures on it. Uh, is, that, is that okay? Yes, I think, I think <laughs> that passes. Yeah, and, that, and that's your childhood display stand yeah, as well. That's, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's another stupid story because I, um, you know, you remember back in the day, it was before the internet and everything else and you had to mail away for this thing. Right. Right. And, uh, and so we saved up all the, all the uh, proof of purchase and mailed the thing away to like, uh, Minnesota, wherever it was. Yeah. And it never came. Oh, it no. never came. <laughs> and it, and it never occurred to anybody in my house that we could actually pick up a phone and call somebody <laughs> at Kenner like in Minnesota, which which isn't really all that far away, no. and ask what happened to the action display stand. But I got another one as an adult collector, so I, I do have one. Rec- it was rectified. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, you have a lot of really good stories about about uh, <laughs> about the old days in Winnipeg. I'm, I'm telling you. Okay, all right, but we yeah, got to stay. We got to stay on target here. Uh, Steve. Okay, stay on target. Oh no, it's, it's on me. Okay, so we we get the sense of what kind of collector you are, but we don't really know. We have, it doesn't seem like the focus or anything, so I can't guess what it would be. But do you have a, a grail item, an item you're really looking for more than anything else? Well, yeah, I would really like to have a tattooing skiff. Okay. Uh, because I don't have one oh. of those. Okay. Um, yeah, I would like to have a tattooing skiff. Um, and, and we didn't really get a lot of power of the force stuff, it seems to me, up where, where we are. Uh, so I don't have any childhood recollections of it or anything. But, uh, yeah, tattooing skiff would be cool. Okay, so someone's got to find Dallas and sell it to him really cheap or give it to him yes. so that he can play with it. I mean, blog about it on his thing. Yeah. Go. Pew, pew. All right. Yeah, you know what? Oh, Steve, we just timed it really weird where you get to ask the last question. I, I know. I was actually just going to say, like, I, this might be the first time I've ever done this. Oh, I, definitely. It's just the way – yeah, it has to be, right? So yeah. if if you, you know, were – if you were to be a vintage item, what would you be? Not not what would you want to be, but intrinsically, what what would you be? Right. So I think for me, it would be one of the first 12 figures, but not like a hero or somebody super cool. I thought it would be probably Death Squad Commander. All right. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, my job, I work at a large financial services company as a lawyer, so I'm kind of like a cog, you know, Right. Like sort of an imperial thing. But at the same time, I like to think that I'm, like, I have some autonomy or a little bit of power, like maybe more than a stormtrooper would. So I'll take <laughs> Death Squad Commander. Awesome. Uh, I, I, I like that. Steve, I don't think we can ask the last question that I came <laughs> up with. So so my, my, my other last question I was going to ask was um, – if uh, if a train were coming and you could only save me or Steve, who would you this save? This is the framework of the question. Oh, yeah. wow. oh wow! Oh but, man! But I don't think we should ask it. I think I think I think it'll make Steve too upset when everyone says they'd save me. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, so that, good. that is that that is what you would say, Scott. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, awesome. This has been absolutely charming. I, I I would actually like to keep talking to you, but I have to keep to this stupid idea of keeping it to ten minutes, and it's already at fifteen. Hey, no worries. So no worries. Great. Let's do let's uh, let's do it again sometime. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And anytime you yeah. want to like email us and ping us to let us know when you have a new uh, blog site up, uh, contact Steve because he might remember and. Uh, <laughs> And, and you know, let's 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 keep working together because we we love the stuff that you're doing up there, um, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks. Right again. on, and uh, loving the show, guys. Keep it up. All right, thanks. thanks. Cheers. Good night. Bye bye. All right, Steve. Well, that was a a breakneck fun interview. I, I think we did well. Yeah. We we, we got yeah. to try to keep it closer. To ten minutes, but that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too far over. No, no, I, I that wasn't too far. I, I especially given our, our nature, I think it's, yeah. it's it's difficult. But yeah, we're we're getting there. But yeah, but oh man, I love that guy's website, and I'm really glad that we got him on. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. I think every single person we talk to, I'm going to think, oh man, we should just have him on for a whole show sometime. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> Maybe by the time we get to Tatooine Skiff, um, <laughs> we are now going to be talking to Mark Sanders. 
And I don't even actually remember where he's from, but Steve, I'm not going to look it up now. Why don't we just call him and, and we'll just see and, and we'll just check out uh, what's going on with the next Space Freak of the Week like Raphael Sadiq. <laughs> Sounds good. We're ready to get going. Matter of fact, I already hit go. So, Steve, we are now here okay. with Mark Sanders. How's it going, Mark? It is going fantastic. How are you guys tonight? We're doing great. Not we bad. Had, we actually recorded uh, one Space Freak of the Week just earlier, and that was with somebody from Winnipeg, Manitoba. You do not sound like you're mm -hmm. from Winnipeg, but we didn't look up where you are from. So where are you from, Mark? Yeah, so I am from uh, just a little south of Denver, Colorado. Okay. Uh, grew, up in, grew up in western Pennsylvania and have lived out here in Colorado for about 10 years. Okay, so Steve, are you ready for your geography quiz? <laughs> Okay. Oh, sure, Sky. <laughs> uh, Steve, what state is directly above Colorado? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> okay, it's Wyoming. Uh, okay, let's keep yeah, things moving right. on. Okay, yeah, so please. <laughs> um, so what what uh, what kind of collector are you, Mark? What are you into? What's your uh, what's your collector story? Yeah, well, I've been around. So I was I was born in '72. So Star Wars has just been a part of my life pretty much the whole time. I. Uh, remember seeing it. it it must have been 78 uh when i saw it i remember seeing it in a drive-in and i knew of 78 because i already had my figures with me uh, and uh, I mean, uh Sky, you'll enjoy this. you'll enjoy this because i always thought chewbacca talked in the movie <laughs> and that was one of the only things i remember from the movie is that i was really surprised that he didn't talk in english in the movie so yeah that's awesome so, so, so you had the toys before you saw the movie yeah, so it, so it must have been like the summer of '78 because I know a uh, lot of those the re -release movies were released yeah. forever. Yeah, at that time of year. So, so yes, I've I've always been a collector. Um, really went through it, you know, back in through the early '80s. Um, when I got out of it in the mid '80s, I went more into sports card collecting and not so much like GI Joe and and I know other people kind of went that direction. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started getting back involved with it back with the the modern line as a lot of people did. Um, and as cool as the modern line was, it just wasn't the vintage. So I actually started going back and getting some old vintage figures and found my old vintage figures in the attic of my house that I grew up in. It took quite a while because there was a lot of stuff up there, but, uh, <laughs> but I found, uh, yeah, I found my, um, a lot of star Wars, uh, I found my original 12 and I've got those on display up in my collecting room. And then my special one is, uh, it's a, uh, R2D2 that was my very first figure huh. that the paper actually came off and my mom painted it to make it look like R2D2. Oh, wow. So, That's awesome. Uh, so I still have that one. Yeah. You definitely have to send us a picture of that so I could put that up in the show notes. Yeah, sure. No, I'd be happy to. And, yeah. And what, what's funny is I often think about if I could have gone back in time and told myself the value of the toys that I was keeping in a box versus the cards that I was collecting. Like, <laughs> right. if you could have told me that, like, the Stormtrooper I was playing with would be worth more than a 1986 Jose Canseco Don Russ card, I would have been oh like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. This thing is on a rocket ship to the moon. This is going to be worth $1,000 in 40 years. <laughs> 
<laughs> the 84 Don Mattingly. That's the one I always thought exactly. of. Exactly. You know, I had a couple of those, and I'm like, man, this is going to be my ticket. And yeah, had I just wandered over about two aisles and gotten some of the vintage, you know, some of the, the Power of the Force figures or something, I would have done a whole lot better than that. But whatever, I guess we can't go back in time. No. The, the funny thing is I still feel like I'm not worthy of owning the 84 Don Russ Don Mattingly. Like that's always been such an object. It's like the way people treat like like vinyl cave jawas or whatever. Like, no, I'm not that. I'm not right. that big of a collector. Uh, uh-huh. Anyways, that is on. Well, I'll trade you one for one of your Chromalins or something uh, if you want. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. That's uh, that's, not, that's not a bad idea. Now, now, what do you what do you collect now? So, well, when I went back, so uh, like I said, I moved to Colorado about ten years ago, and that's when I started to collect a lot more uh, because I was actually able to get a dedicated collectible room, um, much to my wife's uh, dismay, although it's kind of nice because it's down in the basement and she can pull the door shut and make it seem like it's just a closet and she doesn't ever actually have to go in to see any of it there. Uh, but really what got me back into vintage is, so I, like I told you, I've always been a collector. And when I was growing up, my dad collected coins. So I started collecting with him. I started collecting the state quarters, and we would get a roll of those each time. And he Mm -hmm. died uh, a couple years ago, Hmm. and I had a whole bunch of them. And just I kind of got out of it and didn't see any value in those. So what I ended up doing is I cashed them in. And so this was maybe six, seven years ago before the prices just like quadrupled. Um, I cashed them in and bought a set of the first 79 uh, on loose on eBay, and that really kind of got me back into it. And then yeah. since then, I've been going through and getting things like the, the just the things that I really like, like the troop transport. Um, I was able to find my old Millennium Falcon that I played with with my friends forever. Um, so I put together those, and then the last couple of years, I've I've kind of honed. I got rid of a lot of my modern stuff. And I've been collecting some of the Sideshow and Hot Toys figures. Uh, I heard on another podcast they said that those were the kind of the figures that we always wanted growing up. And right. I don't know. They're, I don't know if I'd go that far, but they're, they're pretty darn cool, though, getting the original trilogy figures from that era. Right. Wow, awesome. So you, you have like a, whole ba- like a whole basement or a room to a basement. Now, is, is it the kind of thing where she says that she doesn't like it, but then when she takes people on tours of the house, she's kind of proud and like shows off how cool it is? I don't know if she's proud of it, but everyone, <laughs> when I take people on the tours of the, the house, that's always the place that everyone stops and they're always excited. So it's right. like, oh, wow, look at the kitchen table. Oh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, but downstairs that I could show them pictures of, hey, I was six years old when I got these things and here they are in display in an adult house. You know, that's uh, it, it's at least an interesting uh, story for people to hear about. Is there anything that, you know, about one of your collectibles that, that some people may not know about? So some some oddball fact for from something in your collection. Well, no, I mean I just think that um, you know my mom was a painter uh, a bit growing up, and um, so she made me a Rebel Fleet Trooper um, uh-huh. out of one of the Death Squad commanders, which was yeah. was pretty cool because I I was always that was one of the figures that I always wanted that they never made. Um, so she just took the Death Squad commander and and painted a white helmet on it, and mm-hmm. um, so. I was able to uh, to have one of those as well, but uh, um, no, I just I, I think the cool thing was that I 
I always loved, so I was always kind of a Luke fan, and I always kind of uh, focused more on him. Um, but I also loved the Stormtroopers as well. So I really, that was my first thing. I still remember I have, uh, I got seven Stormtroopers, and that was my friend and I would play with the Death Star playset all the time with the Stormtroopers and and the Rebel Fleet Troopers. And just, uh, I, it's so funny. I mean, it was like, 35 years ago and I can remember so many of those things like it was yesterday. I can't, yeah. <laughs> can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. Um, but I can remember, you know, playing with toys when I was eight years old. So no, I mean, I think for me, the big yeah. thing is just the, the connection that it had and, and how it is just so entwined with my childhood and with my friendships back then. And it's just, uh, it's just pretty amazing. And I think that's what keeps me in this and listening to podcasts and reading collectible books about these things is just that connection that you have to the past that I, you know, I've got two daughters and I wonder what they're going to have a connection with to the past. Yeah. Right. You know, is, yeah. is my, is my daughter going to have a, a frozen room 30 years from now? I, <laughs> I don't know if there'll be anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I think Star Wars speaks to me more than, you know, and, and to a lot of people, I'm sure listen to the podcast, it speaks to me more than most other things in the world and yeah i don't know it's just always been kind of special that way yeah yeah absolutely a snapchat room um it it, it is <laughs> it, it is funny in in our emails sort of back and forth you know you you did say how you feel like you sort of know people who are on our show from the podcast yeah and i, I do really like that that this kind of idea of like kind of get kind of get to know each other through that and it's feel like even yeah. though it's only been seven minutes or whatever i do feel like yeah, there's that, that, that weird sort of uh, connection. Should we hit the so be it lightning round? Yeah, let's sure. do it. Yeah, All let's right. do it. Awesome. And the great thing about the Space Freak of the Week is that the Space Freak is always ready for the lightning round. So this time, Steve. I am prepared. He's prepared. <laughs> so, Steve, uh, why don't we start again with you? It was fun having you start. Okay. Um, all right. So what is your, your favorite bad line in the Star Wars movie? Oh, just so many of the Jar Jar ones just make me <laughs> sick and cringe. Like the the Bantha Poodoo, I think, is the one that just made me want to turn in my Star Wars card at, at one point. <laughs> well, I think that smells stinko whiff, but okay. Uh, do you have a, a, a Grail item? Yeah, I think the Grail item would be, uh, and I, I don't know if I'm I'm priced out of this right now, but... I would love a set of uh, of twelve backs um, on card. I, okay. I have some. Of, I have all the figures, and I have some of my old card backs. But I would just love a collection of those because that just hits in my in my wheelhouse in terms of what I most love about Star Wars and about vintage. Yeah, well, I I think I'm trying to think, Steve, about how how possible that is now. I mean, obviously it's possible, yeah. but I think yeah. probably talking to to Mike Cooper would be would be a good idea. I mean, I know he, he talked about that on the Vintage mm -hmm. Rebellion about putting together a set mm -hmm. for cheap. Um, but at least, I don't know, if, if I were you, I, I would like just try to get one to two a year and then in six years mm -hmm. you'll have a complete set. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. That, that would be good. Uh, yeah. And I'll just have to hide the uh, purchases so right. they don't, uh, <laughs> they don't cause the end of my, Star Wars collecting room. Well, you could probably sell all of your 1980s baseball cards and buy like a, a C2 uh, Tuscan Raider. Yeah. I, I would imagine if the bubble's attached, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, um, Steve, it's your all right. turn. So, all right. Um, the burning house question. If if there was a fire encroaching and you had to grab one thing from your collection, what would it be? Well, I think I'd, I'd grab my vintage Millennium Falcon and open it up and stuff my first 12 <laughs> and my R2-D2 in it and then run out of the building. So uh, it's, 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 one, it's and, one item, yeah. right, because it's only, you know, it's in one <laughs> container. So I think that would be okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, if you can make up the order, I can make up the answer. Hey, no, it's, right? it's absolutely. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. that's – yeah. Okay, now now the the question which stumps uh, most people, but if if you say you're ready, you're ready. If you were a vintage star, an item of vintage Star Wars memorabilia, which one would you be? So I have thought long and hard for the last couple of years about this one. <laughs> oh, really? and I, I, and I think probably what I would be is the um, is the the star is the um, Darth Vader carry case. Okay, um, because it. it because I really like having things organized. I like the little compartments where you can put everything, and then you close it up and you take it with you, and it moves very nicely. So I, I think that's where I try to live my life like that too. So I think that that's probably the uh, you know the best answer that I could be. Although those those royal guard, what'd you say, a royal guard jogging suit or pajamas? <laughs> yeah. That's that that sounds cool too. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, Steve, this is sort of the main reason that I, I really want to do this idea of just having these short interviews is like whenever I listen to podcasts a lot and they have this kind of question that they ask every episode, like I always uh -huh. think about the episodes, like what, yeah. about my answers and the idea that someone could have listened to our show and then answer the question. Like the amount of times I've answered the stupid uh, Rebel Force radio questions that they ask, and like, oh, I just wish they'd ask me. So yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so uh, well, well, and along those lines, so I, I did a haiku for you as well. Ooh, oh nice. man! So I'll have to put in the Japanese katana flute underneath. Okay, we, we are okay. Great. Okay, and and I, I can always edit out Steve's laughter. He cannot help but laugh at the end of a haiku. All right, are you ready? Yes, we're ready. Okay. Kivecast Vintage Pod. Star Wars brought alive. Yellowed bubble never. Ooh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. You like that? Yeah, that's excellent. Wow, that's awesome. Because you bring good information. You don't bring yellowed bubbles and yes. problems like that. You just... You bring the good stuff to the to the uh, podcast. So how's that? I, I tried it. to be meta on you a little bit. Yes, there, so. very much. That, that's great. Very, very kind. You, you know us. We we love the meta. Um, oh, I, I forgot to ask. Did are uh, are you coming to celebration? Do you know what? I'm not this year. I I had planned on coming a couple years ago, and I actually had a ticket to Anaheim and. Uh, it turned out I had some my we had some family health issues that I wasn't able to come, and I just can't get it away this year. But I'm I'm really going to try to maybe. It sounds like 2019 is going to be the next one. So yeah, um, I I really would love to do that. Um, 
but hey, if you guys are ever in Denver, please feel free to to give me a call. Yeah, you got a you got a Star Wars place to hang out here if you'd like. Love it. Yeah, and and Steve, should we should we even mention the new question that I came up with? That's just no good at all. <laughs> and now, well, now that I know the full context, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so, so you can you can tell us if we should ask this question on future future episodes. Um, if a train were coming and you could only untie Steve or I, who would you save? <laughs> no, you don't have to answer it. Um, cause I don't, I can't answer that question. Yeah. Well, I, it, I mean, Sky, it would probably have to be you because you seem to be the one who runs like all the stuff. So without you editing it, I don't know if we'd ever get a podcast again, uh, but, but I, I may be wrong with that. I don't know. Oh, that's great that it seems that way. Isn't it, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's what's great is the, the show is entirely 50-50 except when I talk about my 50 part, I get to talk about it all the time and I get to edit in about right. how the hard work that I'm doing. And I'm like, Steve's probably kicking back, drinking a beer and playing uh, baseball <laughs> video games. Meanwhile, I'm editing the podcast. So, yeah, that's funny. Well, you're the one who breaks in and says, you know, it's it's one forty-seven in the morning <laughs> yes. and I'm trying to do this now. And, right. You know. Steve, maybe you should do some of that too and make it seem like you're also okay, doing please, a lot uh, of that editing. Yeah. <laughs> the editing, uh, I don't know if I could ever get my hands on it. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's the funny thing, Mark. I don't even know the password to get onto the blog. So the Star Wars Collectors Archive <laughs> really? blog, where it's posted, I've never learned the password because it's like, I don't want more work. Yes, <laughs> yeah, still. I'm like, I uh, don't want true. more work. I, I've sent it to you several times, but. <laughs> I don't want more Star Wars work. <laughs> Cause didn't you did you say that about episode I don't know four or five or something? Yeah, it was it was a long time ago. So uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, I have to I have to get ready to get to bed and 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 move along. You guys are on the west there, but uh, it was excellent talking to you, Mark. Thank you so much for for coming on and for. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay, Sky here. Um, I'm editing together the show, and uh, I realized. That uh, Steve and I wanted to do something for the Emperor's Royal Guard episode, but uh, we forgot to do it. So uh, this is actually uh, dedicated uh, to somebody's memory. Um, some of you may know, some of you may not. Uh, there's a guy who used to collect uh, Emperor's Royal Guard. Uh, I knew him as Phantom Shadow. His name was actually Andy Pollock. Um, but back in the days when there was all rebel scum forms, you only knew people by what their cool code name was. And uh, he died suddenly in 2009. And, uh, you know, he was, he was the Emperor's Royal Guard guy. And I just thought that we should mention him on this show because um, it would be great if he were still alive. I never got to meet him, but uh, uh, it would be great if he were still here. And so anyway, thank you for... Uh, uh, well, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking about it because... Um, there's actually a pretty good interview on trilogo.info, uh, Joe's site about, about trilogos. And it's an interview with, uh, Darren McAleese, um, who at some point we're going to have on this show, if nothing else, then to sing Jefferson Starship. Um, and he actually named his whole collecting room after Andy, who was a friend of his. And it made me think, you know, all of our toys are going to disintegrate over time. You know, they're going to be in a landfill somewhere, sometime, 50 years, 100 years, 1,000 years. All the bubbles will fall off and the plastic will return its atoms to the universe. Um, but the, you know, the relationships that we form, like that's an actual meaningful bond, which uh, is to some extent eternal. Um, 
Okay, I got to stop recording these things late at night. <laughs> I just get too existential. Point is, Andy was a good guy. Yeah, you should spend less time buying stuff, more time hanging out with people. Okay. Speaking of which, I got to finish editing this thing so it's ready for celebration. All right. Hey. All right, Steve, that was a resounding success. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. That now, I know... I really need to figure out where our next uh, Space Freak of the Week lives so I can at least refresh <laughs> my, my peripheral geography. <laughs> okay, so, so this is the funny thing. Okay, I'm actually going to take a picture of me while I'm recording this. Okay, so, so, so if, you're watch, if you're looking, at the, if you're looking at, the, at the feed, you'll see a picture of the, the microphone, my computer with uh, Skype with SD for Stephen Danley. And what is behind... And you'll see behind where I'm filming is a world map, another world map, a map of America, and then the Bugminster Fuller projection of the Dymaxian world. So <laughs> I have this complete cheat sheet right in front of me. <laughs> and so, uh, it was great. Uh, yeah, uh, that was good. And it was good. We got to disabuse him of the idea that uh, that I that I'm the one that makes sure the show keeps going. Oh, that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was great. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of editing the show, so it should be out soon. Although if you're listening to it, it's already out. So that doesn't make any sense. There is one thing that we did not mention. Uh, this might as well be our goodbye, right? So, um, what's the oh, one thing yeah. we, we didn't mention, uh, when we recorded the rest of the show, Steve? Oh, was it the uh, the uh, good old fantasy baseball league? That's right. right. It started up. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, so <laughs> Steve has his traditional name of Delino Deflector Shields, which is which is yes. a great name. Um, I have a new name, which is Dan QC and Barry, um, which <laughs> which is I think one of my better ones. Uh, because I think yeah. I, I took his hat and changed it so it said QC instead of KC. I don't know if anyone saw that. Yeah, no. That, I think you're you're still pretty sharp with your your new teammate. I got maybe like another five years. I'll have another one that, that springs to mind. But <laughs> and I just would like to say that uh, you know Steve had the first overall pick, and he picked the best player in Los Angeles. <laughs> and uh, it Steve really shows where his allegiance lies with baseball. What does he love more yeah. than anything? Yeah. You know, he had he could have went with Clayton Kershaw, but he knows that he's just a passing fad with a noodle arm. And so instead, he went for Mike Trout. <laughs> so that was uh, that, that was a beautiful moment, Steve. Uh, that really confused me when that, you picked that. that. I'm like, Steve's trying to win this year. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, no. so we'll have to see. I, uh, space freaks out there, you can place your bets as to who's going to fare better this year. Um, let's see. We've recorded it's... this show for seven years, and we've mm -hmm. been in the league together for eight or nine. Yeah, at least a couple more longer than that. Yeah, right. Now, how many times have you finished ahead of me in the nine years we've been in the league? I don't think ever. Okay, so, <laughs> so you're due, okay? You, you, yeah. Right now, everyone's listening thinking, I hope that train hits that son of a bitch. You leave, <laughs> you leave him alone. <laughs> well, I had to be nice, Steve, because I, I don't know Dallas and Mark that much, so I had to be friendly with them. So, you know, <laughs> where do I put all this, uh, this persona, uh, anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
It's the way it works. Yep. It's, I just edited out all the parts where I sound like a jerk. Uh, <laughs> that's a way to really cut down the length of the podcasts. Hey. <laughs> all right, Steve. Well, uh, right. next month is Chief Sherpa. Yes, and, uh, Matthias Part 2. Matthias Part 2. Uh, and we, I will um, we'll be recording in celebration. We'll hopefully maybe yes. even do some Space Freaks of the Week in celebration. Uh, if you see us yeah, and, 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 and you feel like doing that, let, let us know. Maybe we can make 10 minutes free. Wampa Wampa. Adios. With its colorful Star Wars picture display band and certificate.